If you are a teacher, parent, administrator, student, and or anyone who loves reconnecting children with nature, and you want to figure out how to cultivate learning gardens and nature-based curriculum, then this is the podcast, the Outdoor Classrooms Podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I am the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com and the Secret Gardens Nature Classes. I love witnessing the magic that happens when children are playfully learning outdoors, Observing the return of wonder and curiosity when children are interacting with nature is pure magic. This is the podcast that is going to help you capture children's interest and give you not only inspiration, but some real life strategies that are going to help you figure out how to use the outdoor space, your outdoor space, as a teaching tool so you can enlighten the playful learning experience young children. Welcome to our Outdoor Classrooms community. Welcome back to the Outdoor Classrooms podcast. My name is Victoria Hackett. I'm the founder of OutdoorClassrooms.com, which provides resources for cultivating nature-based curricula and outdoor activities for educators. We also provide nature classes in the Secret Gardens in Beverly, Massachusetts, and now host this wonderful podcast. So welcome aboard. We are here today, and we are going to be diving into the foundation of my work, which is the five phases of teaching outdoors. So these beginning episodes of Outdoor Classrooms has really been focusing on the foundation of teaching outdoors. So we are going to be diving into sort of an overview of the five phases of teaching outdoors. And this can all be found in the Outdoor Teaching Bootcamp, which is all found at OutdoorClassrooms.com. The background story of the evolution of the five phases of teaching outdoors, where did they come from? When the pandemic hit, I was asked by many public school systems and various early childhood programs to come in and figure out how they could pretty much spend their days outdoors in their outdoor spaces to to be conducive to the pandemic. What I learned in this process was I had this abundance of information But I also learned on the other end that there was not one teacher that was in the same phase. There were some teachers that were gung-ho and they were really excited about the possibility of transforming their outdoor space into an outdoor classroom and spending more time out there. That was wonderful. They loved the challenge and the problem solving that sort of went into that. And then there was educators on the completely other spectrum, which hated the idea. They didn't think that the kids could learn outdoors. There was too, too many different challenges just getting outdoors was a challenge. So I had the whole sort of spectrum and I wish I had had this framework going into this work to educate parent, teachers and parents in terms of allowing them to assess themselves to see where they were on the in the framework. And so therefore they could ask the right questions to move them forward. It really depended on the phase that any one teacher was in to then tackle and dive into that particular information. So the five phases of teaching outdoors 
I'm going to tell you what they are, and then we're going to dive in a little bit deeper and give an overview of each one. Phase one is the infrastructure, and that's the the actual space, the outdoor space that you're working with. Each of us have a different outdoor space, but the elements that can go into an outdoor classroom for young children, they can be very similar. So we're going to talk about that. The phase two, so once you have your infrastructure in place, and again, you do not have to, we're not going to talk about like hiring people to come in and create this infrastructure for you. It's very organic. We're going to talk about phase one. Phase two is getting outdoors. So once you have your infrastructure in place, we transition the children outdoors. So what does that look like? What does it look like to transition children outdoors during all seasons? Phase three is teaching and learning outdoors. You've got the infrastructure. Once you've transitioned the children outdoors, you will be using your outdoor space as an outdoor classroom and teaching and learning. So that is a huge phase. And phase four is weather. And we will talk about uh, the impact of weather on teaching and learning outdoors, the impact of weather in the infrastructure of our outdoor space. But when you know, I put it as the fourth phase because you know you really graduated from the weather phase when your children are not phased that they, they're going outside, they're transitioning beautifully, they're, they've got all the correct gear, that's phase four. And phase five is sustainability. And we'll talk about the two types of sustainability that go into phase five. What we're going to do now is we're going to take a little bit of a closer look at each phase. Again, this is all there. We go in great depth of each one of these phases in our outdoor teaching boot camp. And each of the phases offers an overall assessment tool. So we have an overall assessment tool for all of the five phases to determine which phase you're in, but we also have an assessment tool for each of the phases. You can kind of see where you're at within each of the phases, which is a really cool, uh, interesting tool. With that, we will begin with phase one, which we were talking about, which again, key elements of infrastructure of your outdoor classroom should have seating. It should have, where, where will, once you get to the outdoor space, where will the children sit? Do you have a boundary that defines the base of your outdoor classroom? Do you have shelter? Do you have some sort of storage out in your outdoor space? So again, thinking about key elements and key features, but that is helps you with the start having the bare bones of the infrastructure so you don't necessarily have to wait to have everything because really the evolution of an outdoor classroom it's this it's a garden in a sense so it takes time and evolves through the seasons and through the years so what I like to do is what we also talk about at outdoor classrooms is I like to talk about the four types of gardens and that gives us a framework within this bigger framework but it gives us a framework within the infrastructure so when you think about these four types of gardens. We have the gardens that feed. So you can think of those gardens as raised garden beds, the edible gardens, anything when you're growing food in your outdoor classroom, those those would be the gardens that feed and all the different things that can go into that. Then you have the gardens as outdoor learning stations. So that's where you put the like a mud kitchen, a makerspace garden. You might have a rock quarry, you might have an obstacle course, you might have a boat, uh, you might have an art garden. Again, that could also go into the next garden, which is uh, gardens for art and beauty. So thinking about spaces that are learning stations. 
Uh, we have a water garden. So thinking about these stations where they're invitations for learning. I mean, they're all invitations for learning, but you're really adding different elements within these stations that children can learn from. Then we have the third one is the gardens for art and beauty. And this is more so planting gardens that may have flowers, that may have statues, that more ornamental, that type of thing. So really, and again, that, that garden that art garden where kids are actually creating art in these gardens. It's really creating spaces where it might be more meditative, where you might have more uh, exercises on mindfulness. And we have a whole episode on that. So really thinking about finding peaceful places or creating peaceful places for children to be. And the final one is the gardens that attract wildlife. And a lot of this is planting bushes or plants that are going to attract butterflies and bugs. And, and again, we have a log hotel. Um, so we roll over the logs. And we find out that's a whole nother habitat. So thinking about ways that we can attract wildlife to our gardens that will benefit our gardens. And so we talk about all of this infrastructure and how this infuses learning and creativity and wonder in our outdoor space. But we begin with what can we put in our outdoor space that will get the kids excited. And then also we talk about all of the different seasons. So how can we create an infrastructure that's interesting in the spring and the summer, but it's also fascinating in the fall and the winter? That is phase one. Phase two is get outdoors. Again, like I said earlier, there are many educators and trying to figure out how to get kids outdoors. Many kids sedentary and they're not used to getting outdoors. You might not have the right gear. Their kids want to be sort of attached to their screens. They want to be indoors. They're Again, they're not used to it. Uh, so we want to, at earliest age possible, is we want to make getting outdoors a routine. We want to make this a routine. We want to prepare the outdoor space to get outdoors. We want to have something to go to. And that's why we talk so heavily about the infrastructure. We want to make the transition outdoors easy. We want to train children how to put their own coats and snow pants or whatever they need to put on. We want to actually train them to be more independent learners and that they can do that themselves. We want to also teach ourselves as educators and parents to have maybe a starter activity. Maybe we don't have the whole, we haven't gotten to phase three yet, which is teaching and learning outdoors, but maybe we need a small activity to do once we do get outdoors. So really thinking about, this is talking about gear, this is talking about systems and routines and training our children to have the mindset for going outdoors in all types of weather. So that is getting outdoors. Phase three, which is a huge phase, which is all about teaching and learning outdoors. And this phase you can stay in for a very long time because there's lots to cover and lots to figure out. This is when outdoor lessons become very clear and cohesive. So again, it may not be that way when you first start, but it's that evolution. And again, when phase two and phase three, you can sort of start this teaching and learning very simply 
and maybe you only do one little lesson outside in the getting outdoors. But then you want to evolve into some more in-depth lessons. They become clear. They become cohesive. There's there's an understanding and an expectation of uh, what to expect. Kids aren't necessarily going outside and thinking, oh, it's just resort recess. It's a time for teaching and learning. The outdoor space is visually pleasing, and there's lots of invitations for learning. So there's lots of curiosity. There's lots of wonder. There's things around the corner. What I love, I call my outdoor space the secret gardens because it has a feeling of the secret gardens. There's hidden spaces for learning in all aspects of the garden. So behind bushes, behind trees, there's kids can feel like it's it's a hideaway. So along with teaching and learning outdoors, there's the communication with parents is collaborative. The relationship with the community is strong. So you're reaching out to the community and you're, you might be looking for resources that they can add to your outdoor space. You use a lot of nature-based children's books in your curricula. And there's a basic connection to nature in all of your curriculum. That's teaching and learning. And again, there's many, many workshops that you can take within the, here at Outdoor Classrooms, we have lots of one-hour nature-based workshops. Those are all included in our circle membership. So as a member, you get access to the entire library and the library is there because if you want to do an exercise, two lessons on trees or any specific topic, there is the resources there. And we also have a live teaching and learning roundtable monthly where we talk about this topic because it's so rich and full and there's so much to talk about. So we we have different venues where you can tap in and join other educators to talk about challenges or sharing resources and and whatnot. So it's an incredible community. Phase four is weather. And as I was saying in the beginning, weather is incredible. It's, it's, it can be challenging. It can be your best friend. It can also be a challenge. It can be a lot of things. (laughs) Again, this phase is a lot about creating systems in place for gear for all seasons. So in some climates, it may be you might be experiencing a ton of snow and you're going to need snow gear. And in other areas, it might be incredibly hot. And so figuring out how do you deal with heat, extreme heat, and with all the global warming that's happening, it's really figuring out how do you manage the challenges of weather in your outdoor classroom. So you might think it's, oh, it's easier just to stay inside. We don't have to, we will only go out during the, the good weather days. But what the children really learn by being outdoors in the wind and the snow and the rain and all of these weather, the, the learning capacity just increases. Really thinking about the goal being that you want your group of children to be not phased by going outdoors in all types of weather. The only way to do that is to practice going outdoors and to practice going outdoors and staying outdoors for and and increasing the time that you spend outdoors. And the way to do this, the secret is mindset. So thinking about your mindset around weather and having the right gear will will change everything. So thinking about the benefits of taking children outdoors in all types of weather is that they're gaining problem solving skills. They're figuring out, oh gosh, my leg just got wet from being in the mud kitchen, problem solving how to figure that out. 
get, again, systems in place and seeing that the all-weather aspect of it is its own teaching practice. This deserves the quote, there's no such thing as bad weather, only unsuitable clothing. So really thinking about these elements of weather. So phase five is sustainability. And as I said in the beginning, sustainability in this framework is twofold. So the first is that to create any incredible outdoor classroom, it really needs to have a coordinator, someone that is going to be the overseer of everything that goes on in the outdoor classroom and that sort of manages it. And it really ultimately needs to be, if you're not doing it sort of as a, as a team, it really, there needs to be one person that's going to sort of oversee it to sustain it over the years. Um, some programs have a garden stewards team. Some programs or schools have a green team. But there might be, it's if there's money in the budget to have one person kind of be the garden steward person, coordinator, that's the most ideal. And that will sustain your outdoor classroom over time. So that's sustainability in the sense of you want to sustain your out, you don't want to create the space and then have it just dwindle away. All of our outdoor classrooms and our outdoor spaces are different. So it might be just you have a program in in your backyard. So it's just you taking care of it. You might have a huge program at a huge school. So the way you sustain that huge school is going to be very different than someone who runs a very small program. So really thinking about what your needs are, really thinking about part of that sustainability phase five is finding even your own habits in sustaining the outdoor space and what type of community that you're a part of. The second part is weaving in lessons on sustainability. So that might be, again, adding a compost bin to your infrastructures, adding all of these pieces and add, asking yourself, what can we add and what can we put into the sustainability teaching and learning. So again, that weaves in through all the phases of teaching and learning outdoors and our five phases of teaching and learning. That is phase five. Phase five is sustainability. The question is, what phase do you see yourself in? Again, we have our assessment tools that sort of showcase and ask you specific questions about each of the phases and you're like, oh yeah, I'm really good on infrastructure. I've got every, I've got my mud kitchen. I've got sort of a fishing bridge. I've got all these different things. That's really great. Yeah, I've got my kids. My kids are really, and my pa- families are very in tune to what they got. They need to wear. But maybe I could put a Facebook page together, and that might be uh, beneficial in terms of if parents wanted to swap clothing that they have grown out of. So really finding ways that they can communicate and build community around getting outdoors. Teaching and learning outdoors is another phase. Again, that's really getting to the point that you feel completely comfortable. You have all the tools. You might have curriculum on the go kits. We talk a lot about how to be the best educator outdoors and how to do it easily. And then phase four is again, weather and whether kids feel like they are not phased by the rain and the snow and the puddles and getting wet and getting dirty and getting muddy. That's when you know you've graduated from the weather phase. And phase five is kind of a blanket for all of the phases, but the first part of that is the sustainability of your outdoor classroom. Do you have things that are in place that will sustain it over year, over the years? And also 
the sustainability practices? Do you have are things in place in your outdoor classroom that will teach sustainability education? So really thinking about each one of those. Again, if you want to learn more, it's the in the outdoor teaching boot camp. And within each of the phases, we have wonderful, incredible assessment tools and learning more about digging in. This has been an incredible foundation for this kickoff month of our Outdoor Classrooms podcast. It's been incredibly fun for me. I am have an incredible lineup of educators that are coming on board to be interviewed. I can't wait to share them with you. And I would love to hear more about what you are looking for, what your feedback about the podcast is. If you have any questions, please write me at victoria at outdoor-classrooms.com. That would be fantastic. You please subscribe, leave, leave a review wherever you are listening. Tell your friends, tell your teachers. The more people who subscribe, the more it helps us continue to add on to this great space. And I have really been loving doing this. So like I said in the beginning, post your questions in our Facebook group. Uh, Let us help one another be the ultimate resource for cultivating outdoor classrooms. If you want more accountability and access to all of our resources, I would consider becoming an Outdoor Classroom Circle member. It's an incredible space. It's an incredible group of people. Uh, Many of our Outdoor Classrooms tour and talks uh, are here on the podcast, but you will be able to actually visually see many of those, the pictures of those, and the guests will often be in our Teaching and Learning Roundtable, and we can ask questions directly to them, really developing a whole community where we're really working together. Let's march forward in pursuit of bringing this movement of outdoor teaching and nature-based education to the forefront. And again, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you soon. So if you like this podcast and you're getting something out of it, if it feels good and you walk away going, ah, the day feels brighter and I want to go outside, then I want you to tell your fellow educators, parents, and friends about it. I want everyone to feel this awesome about getting outdoors and all the possibilities for playful learning with children when you get out there. So if you are talking about outdoor classrooms and you like talking about outdoor classrooms and teaching outdoors and all the different possibilities, subscribe to us and leave a review. We would love to have you. Go to our Outdoor Classrooms Facebook page in our group our Instagram pages and tell us what your outdoor classroom challenges are. Want to dig deeper? Check out our Outdoor Classroom Circle membership community. It's like no other. Tell your fellow educators and let's start a little revolution about outdoor classrooms. When every child in every school has access to an outdoor classroom and learning gardens, then we will have more beauty in this world. Let's get creative and bring more joy into our teaching outdoors.